Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Good afternoon, ladies. How are Hi. you today? Good afternoon. It's Hi. another beautiful day in Burbank. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in Burbank. It really is clear and pretty today. Gorgeous. It yeah. is. We're very I love lucky. California. I was just talking to somebody on the East Coast who said they're going to have like five inches this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> what, five oh. inches of oh. that, that white stuff? That white stuff, <laughs> what is, I know. What's that? What is that? <laughs> we are very lucky. Do you guys also know there's stuff that falls from the sky that's wet? Did you know about that? <laughs> oh, we that rain see. thing? We actually, we, we could use a little bit of that yeah. stuff. It actually but. hailed in LA. Were you, did you get the hail on your side of town? How long Ten ago? years ago, but no, not like, recently. Like a couple of weeks ago, maybe. Oh, no. I think I remember that. There was like some serious hail and Ella told me it snowed and I said, oh. no, it didn't snow. That was hail. She's like, no, it was like big Chunks. white things coming from the sky. A tar version <laughs> of snow. Yeah, she's there. <laughs> An I'm LA like, kid. let me take you to see what snow looks like because that was hail. <laughs> she's like, but it left white stuff on the ground. And I'm like different <laughs> so uh julie yes what are we talking about today I'm i want to know what you did on in. your face i went to the wonderful tiffany at dr wang's office um in their beautiful metropolis? new metropolis dermatology in their beautiful new office in oh, um in, in brentwood. brentwood oh my gosh oh, right yeah. above rifkin's office That's right great. it's extraordinary wraparound views oh my and gosh. they're so lovely there it's new it's it's incredible wow um so tiffany did a few of our models for some of our videos uh-huh and for the podcast for our podcast uh -huh. and um one of the things that she did was uh PRP for the under eye, uh -huh. and I wanted to try that out myself. Um, what were you hoping to quote unquote fix? I, I think as we age, we you know get a little more hollow under our eyes, and I you know I definitely have a little dark circle. It's nothing terrible, but I noticed that I was starting to use more and more concealer, mm -hmm. um, and I think that the procedure also builds collagen and um i'll do anything for some collagen uh, i also she's a collagen whore she is such a call i'm i'm <laughs> curious about prp eventually for my face but it's been so controversial you know they call it the vampire facelift and but i facial, think it's yeah. it's been around vampire face facial, facial face, yeah oh i heard facelift oh well um <laughs> it's been around for a while and uh -huh. um i thought you know this is a very legitimate place to have it done. I know they're doing it in med spas. I would be aware of all of that because, you know, uh, this is with a doctor and they draw your blood. Mm -hmm. They spin your blood 
and then she showed me after how um, what what the uh, substance looks like after it looks they like spin liquid it. gold exactly right? they numb the area under your eye and did they numb it with topical cream or did they numb it with injections they numb it with topical yeah. I would probably wouldn't mind a little injection next mm. time however I think that might interfere with what's going on with the injections like she said don't we don't even I sit afterwards because we don't you want, just want to sit right. yes yeah uh-huh. um. I'm not gonna lie. It uh, it was not, it was it was definitely a little painful. Um, Where does it hurt inside the eyeball? The injections hurt as they go in. Oh, you know, but it it's all manageable. You know, all of this stuff. That's what I say to my friends. It's manageable. Um, I think next time it won't be as bad because I'll know what to expect. Mm-hmm. But also, Julie, if you leave the topical numbing on long enough, it, you could feel nothing. So maybe I you just sit for a little bit longer. Agree. The yeah. second eye that sat longer with the numbing cream than the first. So next time, yeah. Dr. Vicky, are you doing this in your office? Yes, we do it all the time. Yeah. Okay. So for people that don't want under eye filler, which I think is great for some right. people and not great for others, PRP is great. Okay. And PRP you have to do like three times yes. to really... Correct. Once a month or three times. And then what, Vicky? like once a year? And then once a year, yes. Once, yeah. And then the, the collagen, you know build happens months and months later weeks to months later so it can continue to be improvement but mm-hmm. she's how whispering much, how much uh was it it was 550 i believe so in total you're paying around 1500 dollars. no five total 550 for the procedure no but you have to do it three oh, times three times. yes yeah. i'm sorry yeah. right yeah yeah i thought you meant per eye yeah yeah God, all you know, these things are so expensive. Yes, these they, days. Are. they are. God. Well, and some of the prices that you that you see advertised that are really low, be suspicious. Be because very either suspicious. they're really not doing it the full sort of treatment, or they're hoping that maybe they'll sell you some other procedure. So yeah, I know it's. I it's mean, I, I don't always do go with the lowest. Go to price. a doctor's office. I too. always say don't ever get bargains bargain. when yeah. it comes to your face. No bargain shop because. If you mess something up, it's like sometimes you can't ever fix it, and it's on your face. Yes. Anyway, I am bruised. I am swollen. Um, I'm putting arnica on under my eyes uh, gel, and I'm taking it orally. And uh, a friend of mine who's already had three is thrilled. She definitely uh, sees the difference. I love her. Good. Yeah, because when you walked in, Julie, today, you said, yes, I've done something, and your face did look a little bit swollen. So thank you for explaining that. <laughs> yes, I come I come home. My husband looks at me and says, now what? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post some pictures on my Instagram account, which is julief.com. Yay, julief.com. So Congratulations then, on your new uh, oh, Instagram you. page. New Can't wait till you uh, put something on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just follow me and then I'll finally post things. There'll be things on there eventually. Exactly. But then, so does that kind of organically lead us into our microneedling conversation? Yes, today? we are on episode 19, RF microneedling. So let's talk about that because um, microneedling has been around for a long time. I actually got introduced to microneedling at a facial show in Las Vegas um, where they were showing, you know, all the products and new devices and things. How long ago? 
like 10 years ago or something. Because wow, you were very anti. I am the, still. Do you remember? I, I was going and anti. having yes. the hand roller done. Well, so when, when I was at the show, the the people had them laying out on the table. And I'm like, what's that? And they're like, oh, it's nice. You, you know, do it on your, and you can try it on your hand. And I just remember like rolling it on my hand and going, ow, that's prickly. Well, and they... then walking away from the table and my f- hand started itching and it got a little swollen. And I'm like, why would anyone ever do Were that? Were they medical grade? Like well, and then did they sterilize <laughs> no. it before you did that? No. That is literally frightening. I know. So, so I, that's the first introduction to it. And then I was like, how many people rolled down their hands and how many other people's blood do I have in my hand now? Like it was really freaky. And so, um, that is also, absolutely shocking to me, honestly. Right. And so also they tell you, you can just soak those things in quads and then reuse them on people. So this is the way they were introduced to the esthetician world. I've like, never seen that. I, you know, I went to an esthetician who, you know, I had my own, yeah, you know, she would take out mine. Well, and that's put the way it, it should be. And, so yeah. I'm telling all of you out there, if your esthetician doesn't pull one out of a new container or a bag, or your bag with your name on it, but a brand new one when they're starting on you, I mean, also I don't think it's sanitary to even reuse them ever. No, they should be thrown away yes. after every use because they are needles going in the skin. Well, so what you're saying ten years ago is what I remember were those little tiny 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 micro needles that go 0.5 millimeter right which you can buy online yeah and they were rollers which yes. now have have lost favor because the theory is when you're rolling it when the needle is being lifted up out of the skin it's actually like ripping Correct. where it had been so now the, yes, the gold standard is to, with scabs with scabs stuff. but now you should just stamp it you push right. it in lift it up push it in lift it up because mm-hmm. the rollers are not considered to be ideal what about the home roller? no that also not not that awesome. Even really? though they're going yes, really. Even though they're going in just a 0.5 millimeter, right. which is teeny teeny tiny, the micro injuries aren't really that great to do on your skin. Why would you want to injure your skin like that? And also, is it really even worth it? It's going in so 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 microscopically. Are you really getting products in better? Are you really no. stimulating collagen? No, you're not even going to where the collagen is, which is in the dermis. Right. So, I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like rolling at home. I'll tell you the brand. I all use. it all it does is like injure your skin a little bit to give you a little bit of a, a swell, so it makes you look a little a sloth, puffy. right? A little <laughs> yeah. sloth. Well, which, what's wrong with a little sloth? Though? You could do it much safer with Retin A. You could do it much safer Exfoli- with glycol. You could exfoliate much yes. safer. Yes, yes, a microderm. Because, because also when you stick those neat, little tiny poke holes in and you put product, the, your body doesn't accept it, the product into anything. Your skin is like an organ, right? And and everything that goes in has to go into the proper channels. And if it if you poke holes in there and try and put product in, it's just going to, your body's going to attack the product and be like, get it out. Well, and and I mean, we're sounding like we're anti-micro needling completely, which I'm not anti-micro needling. I'm anti the roller and I'm anti the over-the-counter and I'm anti not doing it with a professional. But real micro needling, which I know we're going to talk about, is incredible. I really love RF microneedling. And I talk crap about microneedling to my clients all the time the kind that we're talking about rollers and um, reusable ones that I think is really bad. I do like RF microneedling because of the RF at the end of the needles that are going in and really getting to that collagen. 
and I like to say melting the collagen, but stimulating the stimulating collagen, stimulating the collagen to rebuild. Right. So, so, of, so the microneedling that a professional does is anywhere from 0.5 to four millimeters. So it's really, really, really going into with the, an RF. Well, with or without RF. With so you can you can also have plain microneedling with the professional without the radio frequency. Which is like they have these pens. The stampers or yeah. the pens, right. yes. No and those roller. are fine, no but the radio frequency with RF, excuse me, the microneedling with RF is better than plain microneedling. Got it. But, but just plain professional microneedling is great. Um, you know, they stamp the skin and lift it up, stamp the skin, lift it up. And so you have these micro channels that are created that then if you do something on top of it, whether you do PRP on top of it or a vitamin C or a growth factor, it's really going in and and sort of affecting the skin a little bit better than just putting their product on top of the skin. But you you have these channels of injury and in between the channels of injury are, are untouched collagen areas that quickly go into the channels of injury and heal with more collagen. So that's the theory behind microneedling. And we're going to talk about fractional, fractionated lasers, right, which is, is that you have these channels of injury, but right next to the channels, you have this collagen that's ready to go and heal. Right. And that's how it works so well in terms of tightening, building collagen, and helping the problems that we you know use microneedling for, which are wrinkles, mm-hmm. a little bit of sagging, acne scars, stretch marks. Texture. Texture. Yes. If you people want to have a little bit of texture in the in the pore. I mean, it doesn't really tighten pores or shrink pores, but I guess in a sense it could make, you know, for the moment, just the surface looks smoother and better and more even. Sometimes it can also help with some brown spots. Um, and I would say just generally speaking with plain microneedling, you just have to do a lot of sessions to change really? the skin. Even because the RF. One isn't going to do anything. With RF, it's about three to six treatments. But what the RF part of the microneedling is, is, yes, you have these insulated microneedles. At the very, very tip, it shoots out this little energy, which is called radio frequency. It's this heat that then stimulates the collagen to tighten and constrict while it's also healing the pores, the channels of the, that the microneedling made. So do it's kind of an of elevated treatment. Do the... PRP with the RF or as many do without? I mean, I think, well, in most of my patients do the PRP on top of the radio frequency microneedling because it, they really do get an elevated treatment and we explain it to them. They can, they can add it. They cannot add it. Of course, it's an extra charge. I think we charge like an extra 250 bucks. So it can be a lot more and for that's people. that's the vampire facial. And how much is, do you charge for the RF microneedling? Different, different areas cost different amounts for we have the machine called the Morpheus. Yes. Oh, I don't want to misspeak, but it's anywhere between seven fifty and a thousand dollars per treatment for the face. Mm-hmm. And then if they add on the neck, I mm-hmm. think we charge like another extra two fifty. Not including the PRP. And in Beverly Hills, that's about the prices. The okay. prices are about seven fifty to a thousand dollars for a full face microneedling RF. So but but I you... would just once one last thing I would mm-hmm. like to say is that people really should consider should. Think of the face, neck, and chest as one Definitely. uniform unit. Mm-hmm. So if you're really doing your face, you should also do your neck and you should also do your chest Definitely. unless you're going to wear turtlenecks your whole life because it really is one unit in in our world of dermatology. When we really try and help people look better, they ha- they can't forget those areas. Well, because they're all connected and visually you yeah. see them all. So if you're only working on your face, your neck and your chest are going to look different than your face and it's going to look 
after a while, it's going to look weird if it's you keep so doing strange. That. I know it's so strange, <laughs> and I have all these patients that had facelifts and peels, and their skin on their face is like butter, and it's silky and smooth and porcelain, and then their neck and chest is like wow. a seventy-five-year-old. Oh, sorry, that's not nice to seventy-five-year-old women. Super <laughs> sun damaged, <Excuse> me. <laughs> old older women, because seventy-five to some women is not actually that old. No, I mean, no, I, I know women that age that look amazing. I agree. I agree. I take that back. 95-year-old <laughs> women. Let's, let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Julie, do you remember Thermage? Sure. Okay. So. Everyone said. Thermage is, was um, kind of a long time ago now. <laughs> but that was the thing that we did for tightening. And yes. so that was radio frequency. And the old I remember that. Well, yeah, and that that's old therapy, um, which is different than ultrasound. Radio, ultra ultrasound. Is ultrasound. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is different than another radio way to frequency. tighten. But but thermage was um the the reason I like RF microneedling is yeah. because thermage when they when it the laser hits the skin, it's coming from the top and going down, you miss spots. And so they could have divots in their skin. Oh. And so that's why thermage, you know, when you did it, some people would be dimply. And so when you do RF microneedling, the RF needles get closer to the collagen and it's more uniform. So you don't get the dimpling, dimpling as much, which I, I think is a much better way to go for the tightening RF microneedling over thermage. And I'm not a thermage expert, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I never had it. It sort of, it, it preceded me in a sense, mm -hmm. but I do think that the radio frequency by its, there's also, by the way, radio frequency by itself, mm -hmm. which feels really good. We have a machine called Forma. There's many other versions of our radio frequency and mm -hmm. it's just a, it's heat, but it feels nice. It's like a nice sort of, um, sort of like a, a, a warm massage and it does tighten but but you need a lot of mm -hmm. treatments of plain radio frequency when it comes to that I kind know of an thing. actual and, facial massage I mean facial spa that does forma mm -hmm. illegally yeah you and, need to be um, a yeah and they add it on to their facials yes. for 300 bucks yes. and they say you know do it every month for your with your facial to help tighten but it like you said takes a long long time it takes a long time and honestly but if people don't want anything invasive they're afraid of needles they're afraid of pain plain radio frequency is a way to go they it just have to know what to expect sorry oh <laughs> love you <laughs> Don't mess with me. Julie just proved me wrong. Vampire facial, vampire face Not lift. facial, <laughs> but I love you. Both. I think it's both. It's both. I'm yeah. sure it's both. Look um, up vampire facial. I'll prove you wrong. I'm going to look it up. I just said face. <laughs> I Googled vampire face and it came up lift. And there was a picture of Trina going like this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture of me going like this. <laughs> I love oh you. My God. That was her, she was showing me her middle fingers. Um, okay, so that that's so interesting, Vicky. My my next question is, um, what is the downtime for all of this RF PRP with or without? What are we looking at down for downtime? Okay, so I would tell most people that it's a good twenty four to forty eight hours of being pinkish and feeling rough, and that's about it. Because after the first swelling, uh, a little bit of bruising, a little bit of swelling in the first 24 hours. But after about 48 hours, people look pretty normal. Mm -hmm. In some people of very sensitive skin, it could be 
maybe three to five days. And you shouldn't put anything on for the first 36 hours after something like amorphous because you do have these like micro channels that are still quote unquote open. If you put sunscreen on, you will burn. If you put really, really, really um, irritating items like glycolic or salicylic or lassic, lactic, it'll burn. So we just have people do moisturizers okay. for the first 36. After 36 hours, they can start putting makeup on, they can start putting their products on, and definitely after 48 hours. So they're I would say the downtime is very um, patient dependent. Some people have zero downtime at all. They leave looking pinkish and the next day they're perfectly fine. When I had it done, I felt certain areas of my face were a little rough and like I wouldn't even call it scabs, but if you really looked carefully, I guess they were like these micro scabs, which again, just kind of felt rough to me. I just put moisturizer on and went about my day. Mm -hmm. Again, you can't cover it with makeup right away. So you have to be maybe a little bit less social, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty quick. And that's part of the reason why it's the darling treatment in dermatology right now is because the the results are amazing and the downtime is very minimal. Wow. The only thing I would warn people about is they really have to be 100% numb. They can you cannot do it unnumbed. So we we have oh people God. come in about 45 <laughs> minutes before and topically numb them. You can also numb them with a needle with you know lidocaine. Um, when and we sometimes... were doing the episodes for the for the podcast shooting this, one of our patients came in and we did not numb her long enough. It oh, was yeah. like she That's was like good. 10 minutes of numbing, and we're like no. we had to get her in, and she was. Dying. I know it was painful, oh and I don't God. like to really sort of you know focus on that because right. it does scare people. But really, if they're appropriately scheduled sure. to come in early, appropriately numbed, sometimes we'll even put Saran wrap on top of the numbing, which drives in a little bit deeper. I tell people fine. go in an hour before. And hour before, okay. and we also have yeah. laughing gas. We have Pronox. People come in just for the Pronox, <laughs> and then they, it sort it. of disassociates them. So sometimes they still feel a little bit because you're disassociated. Do you extra for that? We charge fifty dollars extra for the Pronox. Yeah, for the numbing. Yeah. Oh, for I the numbing, no. I'm sorry, for the laughing gas. Yes, we I charge think 50 doctors yeah. should offer, because I, I, I did have this with an esthetician, um, if you want to come in or, you know, even days early, pick up your numbing cream and take it home and put it on yourself for an hour, hour and a half before you come. Is that something you offer? And Julie, and that's part of the reason why we have Julie on this podcast is because, you know, coming from the consumer. Right. Side, you know, I sometimes forget to mention these things on the podcast, but yes, the only thing I would say is we give very small amounts of the numbing because it is slightly risky to put on large areas. So, so, so like back in the 90s when laser hair removal was first, you know, um, sort of came into the market and everybody was getting laser hair removal, there was a woman that died because they had told her to put numbing cream on on her own. They got her a prescription tube, put it on her own. They put she put it all over her legs which is way too big of a surface area, driving to the clinic, she had a seizure and <gasps> was in an accident and died. And what? it's like a note, you could find it on the internet. I don't know, you know what the deal was. So this she was a, a seizure from too much numbing. Yes. Clothes off, too, closes off. Like it's, it just does something. Well, lidocaine can do something neurologically to the heart. It can do a lot of things. So we give people the tiniest little jar mm-hmm. and we tell them to use it very sparingly. But you're right. If they can put it on even before they come in as like the first layer, sure. it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. For me, I will say for me, I actually get almost lightheaded when I have numbing on my face. I'm very weird and sensitive. So I do not like the topical numbing on me for very long. So I prefer for them to numb me with a needle. I go home afterwards and I don't feel great. Yes. And it's the numbing cream. It's the numbing it cream, makes Julie. Me feel very you are right. funky. But I was afraid 
if she did lidocaine here, would that interfere with here, the PRP? Where? On your eyes? Under my eyes, sorry. Uh-huh. So the eyes. answer to, to that would be not necessarily. You could you could dilute out the PRP a little bit if you have other fluid in there, which is the lidocaine. Yeah. But you could put the light. You can inject the lidocaine in thirty minutes before. Well, maybe twenty minutes before, and most of it will be you know quote unquote dis- dissolved or dis- dir- sort of metabolized away, mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't interfere with the PRP. And remember also the weirdness you feel with the light with the topical is because it's a pretty large surface area. Right. If you just put it under your right. eyes, you're probably not going to feel weird. Sure. It's a very small area to numb. Yeah. And again, it's easier to numb under the eyes because the skin is so thin. So you really only need it on under the eyes for like 10 to 15 minutes, whereas you need it on your face for like 45 minutes. Okay. I, that makes sense. I, I do know of people who get dental blocks before they had their lips done because that's such a painful area to have. Work. I love dental I blocks. I have to say I'm still terrified of getting any needles in my face because I don't want to go blind. And I feel like that's great I would be to the tell, one. That's great to tell your audience. <laughs> Sorry. They're not, you're not going to go blind by getting needles in your face unless you have a I'm vascular so occlusion with, with in filler. This, <laughs> in this arena. Yeah, we'll have to clarify that, you know, again, when well, we talk about fillers again because that is only with fillers... And now it's very rare. Think about how many fillers are injected all the time. Millions and millions and millions of people. Vascular occlusions are very rare, but they're very serious. And you are right. There are women that ha- and men who have gone blind, you know, over the but, years. you know, you drive a car every day. And, you know, I think it's the <laughs> likelihood of having a car accident as opposed to... I'm not driving a car anymore either. No, okay. Forget no, but it's good to have cars. Trina's side of it because you and I are very gung-ho, Julie, about all these procedures. And, you know, Trina's <laughs> Trina has a good, you know, ha- have you know, you bring up those points that people are concerned about. We have to address them. It's true. Yeah. Because you do hear about those horror stories. And I know two doctors in Los Angeles personally who have blinded people. So it's very close to me. Okay, so. but you're not going to go blind with microneedling, microneedling RF, or injecting PRP <laughs> because it's liquid. It's all it's it's that that happens with filler, which is solid and it filler. occludes or it blocks a vessel. But no with filler. with li- liquid PRP or radio frequency, you're it not. That's happen. not going to happen. No, it doesn't ever happen with lasers. It doesn't ever happen with microneedling. I do know that we talked about this on an earlier podcast about this uh, going blind thing, and you were saying that it's it's people who are going too fast injecting the filler and you have to pull the needle back to see if there's blood or something if blood goes into the I mean that is that is one stopgap measure to try and protect the patient from occlusion in not doing it in certain areas certain areas are are very risky like we do not I personally never ever 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 inject filler in between your eyebrows on the forehead I don't do temples but temples are fine and safe if they're done appropriately What about botox? Botox is fine. Okay. Yeah, botox is fine. Cuz I heard that. the girls on your we'll talk about Vicky had a uh, Dr. Vicky had a a wonderful presentation on um, hyaluronic acid fillers and they did talk about and I was like wait does that include Botox? So the forehead, and this is because it's too close to... Too vascular. Too vascular. Yeah, very yeah. vascular. And the vessels are very superficial. So if you get filler on those vessels, and they're also going to go in the areas that feed the retinal arteries and all those little arteries that feed but the area that could... people put filler under their eyes. They put it in their temples. Filler under their eye is not is not risky usually with, with that. But you're generally speaking, yes, if you can pull back on the syringe and you get blood, you know you're in a vessel, don't inject it there. Right. But that's not the only... It can still... There are some some you know very 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 well qualified injectors that 
you know, have, have occluded vessels and they've done a perfect job. And it, it is a risk of doing fillers mm-hmm. in certain areas. And that's, again, why you go to somebody who, you know, has really great experience, knows what they're doing, knows the anatomy, takes their time. Mm-hmm. And as a consumer, how do you know that? You know, because you can ask them. Right. Do you know the anatomy? Are you taking your time? Have you occluded I, everybody? If you do occlude me, do you have a protocol? You know, these are questions you shouldn't be shy to ask. And they, we do have occlusion protocols. And and I will say one thing about occlusions is that they, they, can, they happen. Those emergencies are very rare. Mm-hmm. But you can manage an occlusion and do fine. Not everybody who has right. an occlusion goes blind. So don't right, worry about right. that. And then also there's a risk... Uh, that you, they were talking about on your show the other day that you did live, um, the skin dying. What is? How oh my god! Happen? Are we going there right now? Just tell me real quick. Well, yes. Yeah, so if you occlude a blood vessel <laughs> that's bringing blood to a certain area of the skin, the skin will slough, necrose, and then slough off because it doesn't have blood flow. So you can, you know, if you're if you really are truly occluding that blood vessel, like clogging it up, there is no blood flowing through that blood vessel. Remember, cer- blood vessels feed certain parts of the body, certain mm-hmm. parts of the face, certain areas, and that area, if it's really truly a terrible occlusion in a big vessel and there's no collateral blood flow to bring blood flow to that area of skin, yes, it will turn black, mm. it will scab, it will necrose, and it will leave a scar. Wow. I have a question. Okay. Um, so getting back to Morpheus, so that's um, that's the laser, but it has different functions. So you, because people are... Morpheus is the RF microneedling that you use in your office, Vicky. Yes, and but, I would say it's probably the, it is the gold standard. But ra- people are like radio contacting frequency. me like crazy, saying, "What do you think of the Morpheus?" So it also has a different modality for like tightening and without the RF, correct? No, it's, it's Morpheus, it, Morpheus is oh. RF microneedling. Oh. There's face and there's body. Oh, and the face one is what we've been talking about. Bef- you know. Uh, a couple minutes ago and then the body one is a new hand piece that goes even deeper to help with body tightening okay. you know baby sagging okay. baby wrinkling like around and the can, knees and stuff mm-hmm, like around the knees the mm-hmm. arms and what it does is because it goes so deep it actually will help melt the fat and really shrink and constrict the 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 the, the sort of connective tissue in that area and it's sort of described as like a shrink wrapping of the area although that is i think that's a little bit of a of an exaggeration i wish it was shrink wrapping and really tightening it's not that intense but because the needles go deeper the wrinkles in between their breasts great for that area wow great for stretch marks great for acne scars great for wrinkles that are stubborn the body rf yes wang uses genius rf What's the difference? Another just a, company just another, with, okay. yes, yes. Yeah, it's okay. like cars and that's with the thing lasers. about these, they have different yeah. names thank for you. the same. Yeah, no, thank you, because I thought that Morpheus was also a different, I thought it was just like a so brand when, and there was different when modalities. I, what I tell people is when someone tells you the name, like I use the Morpheus, right. and you just have to look it up and see what kind of laser that is, because there's only a certain few lasers that are out there. You know, there's RF radio frequency there's ultrasound there's fractional lasers there's like but they all have different names it's like cars you know it's like a brand of cars so it's like which one are you buying which brand and usually there's a machine with these lasers and they have different hand pieces and they're all called something different so there's like the harmony or the halo well that's why i thought i thought the morpheus had different 
modalities. And mm -hmm. she's saying, no, it's just RF. Right. And most people aren't, you know, going to really go into the doctor and say exactly what kind of laser is that. They want to know what the laser is going to do for them. Right. But yes, there, there's IPL. There's there's fractional, there's resurfacing, there's tightening. There's so many laser um, modalities that do different things. Mm -hmm. And you just have to know what questions to ask, you know, downtime, price, what it's going to do, how many sessions needed, you know, all those things. And I, I hope that they're going to give you that in the console. But if they don't give you that, obviously have all your questions answered because you should know everything that you're doing going into something like that when you're getting a laser treatment. Right. So RF microneedling, who is that for? Like, I mean, can all Fitzpatrick types, I mean, like all skin colors and types do it? Basic answer is yes. Um, because it is a safe energy release of heat and it's deep enough. It is safe even on melasma. So melasma is like the you know, the, the hardest, most sort of sensitive discoloration on people's faces. You don't want to do too much to with certain lasers because you can exacerbate it. But with with Morpheus, you can actually treat melasma. It's it's hard to treat, but you can treat it. So generally speaking, yes, it should not hyperpigment darker skin types. Um, it's safe. It that's the key to is it's safe, which I love. You know, as you get more and more into these, some of these lasers, no matter how good you are as an, of an operator, no matter how well you're trained. Once in a blue moon, you'll get somebody who doesn't have a great outcome, and it literally ruins your whole year because you're worried mm -hmm. about them until they've healed. So right. this, so this, it is safe, and it's safe in most skin types. And depending on what somebody needs to clear up, again, whether it's a stretch mark or a acne scar uh, or wrinkles or sagging or whatever, I love it for those for all those reasons because it's safe in most skin types. So with people who have acne scarring, um, let's say on their cheeks, could they do RF microneedling just on their cheeks or would you recommend they do it to their whole face? Like, could they just treat an acne scar? Yes, you can treat an acne. Yes, you can, you can locally treat certain things, right? Because you just treat a stretch mark. You don't treat the whole arm. Mm -hmm. You just, you can just treat an acne scar and localize to the, to the cheek. You could just treat one little patch of melasma. You know, a lot of times, and it's a good, it's good to have, somebody, hey, recommend if you have lots of sun damage, do your whole face because it, it will benefit you. But some people just want to do local treatment. And of course, then the price will be lower if they're just treating it in areas versus mm -hmm. a whole face. And then with stretch marks, how long does it take to see results from RF microneedling? Got a great question. Again, three to six treatments in general to fix most things. And are you fixing them 100% completely where it's going to be unnoticeable that there was never a stretch mark there? No. It looks about 50 to 80% better. Mm -hmm. Again, depending on the stretch mark, depending on the person, depending on the location. And that was, should you know just be really well explained in a consult about how many times it will take and what they should expect in terms of the results. So can they do like a face RF microneedling if you just had the Morpheus and didn't have the body attachment? Could you do that on uh, stretch marks like on your belly or something? Um, yes. Just as well? Yes, just because the stretch mark is on the body, you don't need the body hand piece. If you're still treating a stretch mark, which is actually still pretty superficial. But if people have, you know, sort of, um, and it's not cellulite that they're treating, just like uh, wrinkly skin again you said the knees or the arms that's a little bit of a deeper problem so they would need the body hand piece for that but if it's a stretch mark or a scar you can use the regular hand piece on it and help improve some of those those scars mm -hmm. or stretch marks 
And how often can you do RF microneedling? Typically, you can uh, you do them every four to eight weeks. For just three or four times. Three to six. Three to six yes. times. And then after that, you should be good? And then after time. that, you should be good. And like anything, you know, you want to protect your investment. If it looks like you need little touch-ups here and there once a year, twice a year, you can do it whether whether the acne scar isn't totally treated or you want a little bit more. I mean, you could safely continue to do it until you feel like the result has is, is been achieved. Mm-hmm. But we'll give people like the, 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 the range of three to six treatments to, to at least look much, much, much better. Mm-hmm. Have you done it, Julie? RF? Yeah. No, no. Never? No, no, no. I am so surprised. <laughs> you know, For being I, something so simple. Well, like because, um, I, you know, I have done the hand one with a, an esthetician. I do have a home one. I Now I'm throwing them all away. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, I do what people tell me, mostly Dr. Vicki, um, <laughs> is going to work for me. I mean, mm-hmm. right now I'm battling these... Pink spots on my face. If Vicky thought that they would address that, I would run, Do don't walk. What about with but, rosacea? Like she has some rosacea. Yes, Could, she does. Would RF microneedling be bad for the, someone with rosacea? It doesn't help it. It can hurt it, mm-hmm. and it's not ideal. It's it's not something that you know is a treatment for rosacea. But if somebody has well controlled rosacea, they should do fine. It shouldn't break more vessels or make for more redness. But when people have very sensitive skin like eczema or rosacea, sebderm, they should go they should tread lightly. If they really, really, really want to do it, do one, see how it goes. If they do well, fine, they can keep going. But it's tricky with rosacea patients. Yeah. They sometimes react to to you know, you breathe on them wrong and they flare and they flush, you know. <laughs> right. But I it's, the it's kind of rosacea generally that safe. Likes to have things done to it. Yes, you know, like, your rosacea doesn't like, doesn't jump at yeah, every little like thing. Like Trina's always worried about doing uh, microdermabrasion on me, and I'm like, please, please. I do notice that it kind of helps me a little bit for some reason. I don't know why. Well, it's not good to do microdermabrasion right on your rosacea, but I do it in other places. Yeah, because just because it's a suction and it's it's sucking in all those little veins at the surface, you just don't. Uh, want to irritate that yeah you know doesn't everybody have a tiny bit like in these areas not everybody no no i do (laughs) i have rosacea tiniest i have it i just control it yeah but you don't use um uh microdermabrasion on yourself no no i mean i do around my face but just not on my cheeks so you avoid me here too yeah okay just right where the rosacea spots are yeah good or if somebody has any surface like veins uh i'll just kind of go around them so with with the needling would you avoid those areas yes okay Mm -hmm. okay good to know or people can do like an ipl or a v-beam to get rid of the red vessels which is very hard as you know julie you've been battling with that and then they could consider something like a morpheus it's hard like most most things need multimodal you know, ways of treating. It's not like one laser fits all or one product fits all. You know, it's it's an investment. It it's really a time. is. People have to really, you know, want to improve themselves to to, a lot to, to get everything taken care of. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people are doing multiple lasers now, like it for to treat a bunch of different things. It's so expensive. Good Lord. So let's start wearing sunscreen and hats and 
never getting too much sun so that they don't have to do all these things. Well, what have yeah. to is, you know, because it really makes gracefully. a difference. Let's just age. It's okay. We can age. Yeah, we can age. Um, I have an inside uh, information. I can't say where I'm from, but I heard that they are making new lasers in other countries, uh, in Korea, Japan, and some other places are making some new lasers that are going to be a lot less expensive for doctors to buy, which will bring the cost of the treatments down so people can do them more. Because right now, treatments of lasers are costing, you know, $2,000, $1,500, and you have to do them three times. And it's just so expensive. And it's like you're not getting a facelift out of it. You know, you're in, in it, the skin goes back to wherever it was at some point. So it's a temporary fix, but it's such an expensive. Because those machines so are so expensive. expensive. Maybe right. one day so they're, they're going to have like home devices for all of us. Oh, too. good Lord. I, hope <laughs> I agree with you, Trina. People are going to look the... crazy. <laughs> huh? I agree with you about how things can be very expensive. And if people really don't, you know, protect their investment at home with like a good skincare routine and sun avoidance, then it quote unquote goes back or we just age again and we need right. something else. So it's like, but, you know, this is a little trick. People have depending on where they work, they have their um, their medical expense accounts where they can put money away, you know, pre-tax dollars, they can put money away in that um, you're supposed to be used for medical. Yeah. And a lot of employers will, will take that money back if you haven't used it before the end of the year. So can pe people use it for this stuff? The, they can use it for this stuff if... It depends on how strict their plan is. Some some employers have very, very strict plans and they can't. But, you know, we'll word it in such a way that it will help rosacea or or whatever or actinic damage, which is sun damage. You can use that money. It's your money and you should use mm. it. So people should be very, very aware. Hopefully if they haven't used it for, you know, some kind of medical problem throughout the year, start to use it for the cosmetic stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's a nice little trick. Did everyone hear that out yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, their health savings accounts right? are are their money, and they should you know take advantage of it. And if yeah. you guys don't have that in your in your uh, job, you should ask for it. Ask your HR to start you know doing that for you guys because again, even if you take out twenty bucks a, a paycheck, it adds up at the end of the year. You have hundreds of dollars. Can to... I do it for myself if I'm self employed? I believe so. Really? Yeah. You just have well, to have a plan. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna look into that. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's finish up this episode, shall we? Should we have some takeaways for the day? Sure. Okay. My takeaway from today's episode is don't buy over-the-counter microneedling. They are dangerous and they are unsanitary and you should only ever use them once and throw them away. Julie, throw away your... <laughs> Wait, don't buy them, don't use them. But if you use them, just use them once. Yeah, okay. throw away. Um my takeaway is yes, I did not I did not know that because I have one that I'm using. I will not use it again. Um, and I'm very interested in uh, trying the RF microneedling next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my takeaway from today's episode would be that radio frequency microneedling is very safe and very effective. It can definitely be up there in price. So going into it, knowing that, but not just doing one and saying, oh, it didn't work. Um, you know, doing the three to six that you're, you really need to do to get the results. And then you're good for, you could be good for years. But if you don't want to spend all that money, wear your sunscreen, wear your hats, no sunburns, 
and you'll be fine. You'll never have to step into the dermatologist's office. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you back for our next episode, which we're doing fractional lasers. An intro to fractional lasers. This was fun. I learned a lot. Yeah, me too. And you look good, Julie. Thank you. You do. Thank you. With my bruising (laughs) under my eyes. I don't see the bruising. I just see the improvement. All right. Love you both. (laughs) See you guys next next time. time. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at info at